In the name of Jesus, amen. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he said the words that you heard in the gospel lesson, and he taught us how to love him. He said to his disciples, if anyone, <coughs> excuse me, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So simply put, to love Jesus means to keep his word. To not love Jesus means to not keep his word. And Jesus uses this word keep a lot. He said uh, in, earlier in the year, uh, he says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And again, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And so what does it mean to keep his word? What is Jesus saying? Well, the word here, keep, in Greek means to observe to pay attention to, to hold on to, to maintain, to keep firm. It's not simply to obey. It means to cling to, to hold on tightly. So whoever loves Jesus sticks to his word. They pay attention to it and they persevere in it. And knowing this, this is the one thing that the devil will attack the most. He attacks your love for Jesus by tempting you to let go of that word, to no longer keep it. The devil points to the fact that you cannot see Jesus anymore, and because you can't see him, he makes you think you no longer hear him, or he's no longer speaking, and if you can't listen to him, then you can't keep his word or love him. And he wants you to look around this world and conclude, look, Jesus walked around with his disciples. He showed them his power and majesty. He walked on water. He fed uh, thousands with uh, bread and fish. But I don't see any of it. And they heard the sound of his voice coming from his vocal cords when he opened up his mouth and he preached the very word into their ears. But I don't see Jesus. I don't hear his voice. How can I love him? And when the devil directs you to these thoughts, he persuades you to let go a little, to back off from this word. He leads you to be leery of what you hear and to not invest all of your time and attention into something you can't really quite be so certain about or sure about. The most obvious way the devil takes this word from you, the most obvious way, is to convince you to stop going to church. Simple. For whatever reason or excuse. And if you cease going to the place where God's word is, then you can't keep that word or love him. It's a fact. But there's another way that the devil takes this word from you. And it's a more subtle way. He doesn't only attack you when you're out of the church, but in fact, many times when you're in the church. He has you go to church out of habit, out of tradition, or out of routine. Or just because my parents did it, so it's something I got to do too. He has you show up physically every single Sunday, but not mentally. That mentally you're checked out. He leads you to think, look up, oh, look at the time, it's Sunday again. You know what that means? I have to go to church. I have to go to church because that's just what I do. 
And the young in the church think, look, all of this stuff, all of this reading, all of this uh, reciting, all of this memorizing, all of this singing of hymns, all of this stuff is for the old people. I don't need to be bothered with this stuff yet. It's for the old folks. And then the old people in church say, look, I've heard this a thousand times before. I don't need to study it. I already know it. And before you know it, nobody is actually listening or keeping the word. He attacks those with perfect church attendance, with distraction and boredom. Yes, your body might be here, but your mind is not. So don't think that as long as you made it to church, as long as you're sitting in your assigned seat, as long as you've put money in the offering plate, that the devil will leave you alone. In fact, this is the place that he will attack the most, relentlessly, violently. The locks on the doors don't keep the devil out. He slithers in beneath the pews, in and out of each seat, looking for someone to sink his fangs into. And the word, as the word is being proclaimed, he crawls up your back and he whispers all of your worries, your transgressions, your anxieties back into your ears while the word is being preached. And he fills your mind with so many images or so many ideas and concerns that you no longer have room enough in your mind to pay attention to the word that is being proclaimed and preached for you. And he fans to flame the spark of your irritation and your annoyance with your dear brothers and sisters in Christ. He pours discontent and impatience onto the burning hatred of your heart as you stew in anger against those who have wronged you. He supplies your mind with thoughts of revenge and retribution as you seek to get an eye for an eye, a tooth for tooth. He feeds your dreams of gaining control and having everything done your way without care or concern for your neighbor. He has you think only of yourself, your selfish gain, and all the things that you want to see happen. He preoccupies you with the thoughts of, look, I really hope so-and-so hears this sermon today. She really needs to hear it. Or this man, uh, he better be paying attention because this sermon was written for him. I know that. And while you're occupied with these thoughts and feelings, before you know it, the word has come and gone. The sermon has started and ended. And you didn't even catch a word of it. We're all so guilty of this. We all confess that we're poor, miserable sinners who have let go of this word. who have not kept this word as we should. We mindlessly recite the Lord's Prayer, mumbling it out on account of custom and habit. We begrudgingly sing for God to create in us a clean heart while your heart is far from those words. You follow the liturgy out of tradition, a routine, a custom, a thing that we German Lutherans in the LCMS happen to do, but you don't really pay attention to a word being said in the liturgy. Or you think... Oh man, forgiveness, again, I've heard this so many times before. How many times can this guy preach on this? Or baptism, <laughs> been there, done that, let's move on. Or communion, with this many people, how long is it going to take today? How long will it take? As if you have something better to do, somewhere better to be, something better to be listening to, than the very words of Christ, your God. How many times has God spoken his precious and holy word into our ears and into our lives and we absolutely missed it? How many times already in this service? How much better 
would our lives be if we actually listened to and kept the very words of Jesus? How much less heartache and pain would we have if we took every word he said to heart? How much better would our marriages be and our families be strengthened if we actually paid attention to the words of Christ written in Scripture? How much more loving of a congregation would we be? How much more pious and behaved would our children be? How much less discord and strife would there be among us if we actually loved our neighbors as ourselves as Christ taught us? How much more would we love church and coming to it if we loved Jesus with our whole heart and clung to every single word he uttered? Life would be so much better, but it's not. The truth is we're filled with disappointment and regret. We're up to our neck in fury and rage. Our souls are stained with sin of indifference and apathy of numbness, for all the discord and bickering and division among us, we have only ourselves to blame. Whenever the church is fractured and broken, make no mistake, it's because God's word is no longer being kept. And while God, our loving Lord, speaks to us, we must all confess that we haven't kept his word. We haven't loved him like we should. We've let him go. And those who don't love Christ don't keep his word. So think back to all the times that you haven't paid attention as you should. In fact, there are more times than you know. Think of all the times you've put your own thoughts above God's, your own ways above His, your own words above the Lord's. What do you deserve for this? What do you think is coming to you? What harsh judgment awaits you for taking the words of your Creator, your Maker, so lightly? What excuse do you have? What were you busy doing? What were you busy thinking about that took your time and your attention away? And yet, while you were gathered here in church, and while your hearts were still filled with the cares of this world, while your souls were still drowning in iniquity, and while your minds were still drifting away, Jesus was here forgiving all of your sin. While you weren't paying attention to a word of Jesus, it's at that time that Jesus paid for all of your sins with the very blood in his veins. While you breathed threats to your neighbor, that's when Jesus gave up his breath for you. While you paraded around your self-righteous deeds, Jesus went to Golgotha wearing a crown of thorns. While you clenched your fists in anger against one another, his own were pierced for you. While you bickered and fought with those he gave you, Jesus wrestled the devil to the ground for your salvation. While you were busy caring for the things of this world, Jesus was busy caring for you. While you stopped loving him, he chose to never stop loving you. When your mind drifted away in folly and while your soul wandered away in sin, Jesus was not once distracted from the cross set before him and he never took his eyes off of that cross and he never took his eyes off of you. While you were entertained by your sin and passion, Jesus was determined to forgive every single one of your sins against him and against one another, your sins of indifference, of apathy, of distraction, of boredom and neglect. While you couldn't keep his word, he didn't punish you or take his Holy Spirit away from you, but he kept his word for you. This is what Pentecost is about, Christ keeping his word for you.
He keeps his word for you by sending you the Holy Spirit today, the helper, whom the Father sent in his name to teach you all of these things and to bring to your remembrance all that he has said to you. Christ has promised that although you might not see him, you will still hear him. He has not and will not ever leave you. He has made sure that even if you are not here, he still is. That even if you are no longer paying attention to him, he still is paying attention to you. And here in your every tear and sigh and prayer. Even if you've drifted away, he has not. No matter how far you've gone, how deep in sin you've dove, his grace and mercy and life are still here in this font and on this altar. He established this church, the Holy Christian Church, for this purpose, to this end, that we would daily and richly obtain here nothing but the forgiveness of sin through the Word alone. And this Word the Holy Spirit has brought to you today is the Word that comforts you in all of your affliction, encourages you in your conscience as long as you live here. The Holy Spirit won't allow your sins to dominate you, to injure you or harm you because you're here in His church where there's nothing but continuous and uninterrupted forgiveness of sins. So dear saints, pay attention and listen up, because there's nothing more worthy of your time than the forgiveness Christ won for you. There's nothing more interesting to consider than the precious and holy words of Christ. There's no sin, no thought, no feeling worth holding on to or keeping more than the very words of Christ. So let it go. Let go of whatever is consuming your heart and soul and mind. Let go of your discontent and dissatisfaction. Let go of it all by repenting of whatever distracts you from hearing his word. Let go of it all by repenting and devoting your time to more through your thoughts and emotions than to the bitter suffering of Christ. Let go of whatever vengeance the devil entertains you with. Let go of this world and keep his word. Listen carefully to the words of Christ that the Holy Spirit has caused to be written and spoken to you today. Even if you've heard this word a thousand times before, then joyfully hear it again. If God is not ashamed to teach us these things every single day, if he himself knows of nothing better to teach us, and if he always and continues to keep teaching us the same thing day in and day out, if he himself doesn't take up anything new or different, then you, dear saints, have nothing better or more important to learn than the very words he speaks and chooses to teach you day after day, month after month, year after year. If he never finishes teaching this word to you, then you can never finish learning it. Rather, you keep hearing this word, learn it, you catch it, you keep it, you hold on to it with all of your might. Don't stop keeping God's word until you can teach the devil and all of his demons to death. Don't stop keeping his word until you've become more learned than all of the saints, more learned than all of the angels, and more learned than, yes, even God himself. Here you have his word and keep it. Let go of your problems, your worries, your anxieties. They will be there tomorrow, but cling to the God's word while you have it. Keep the word that keeps you. Love Christ who loved you. So cling to the word that the Holy Spirit brings you here today. The words of Christ which say, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen.
the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.